Well, as we uh, get into the word here today, we are in a uh, uh, Advent series. Uh, Advent, which uh, Pastor Jose introduced last week, just means uh, coming or anticipation, right? This season, we celebrate the anticipated coming of Jesus Christ, God with us, God in the flesh, the coming King. Today's passage for, our, uh, for my sermon is going to be out of the book of Luke. Luke chapter 1, verses uh, 26 through 38. So uh, if you have a Bible or Bible app, you can follow along. We have Bibles underneath the chairs in front of you. If you'd like to follow along that way, Luke is in the second half of your Bibles, uh, um, the, the third book into what's called the New Testament there. Luke chapter 1, 26 through 38. As we come to this season, you can go back a slide. Um, as we come to this season, uh, we, we, there's the song, right, that, that, that this slide encapsulates. It's the most wonderful time of the year. How many of you feel that way? Wow. Okay. Okay. We're g- Is it the most wonderful time of the year? Okay, okay, okay. Wow. All right. Whew, you had me going there. I was going to... Needed some recovery, some prayers. Holy cow. It is, it's a great time. Uh, of all the seasons of the year, when we come around to Christmas time, there's this sense of kind of, of, of wonder and awe and, 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 and the miraculous too, right? There's a certain sense that something special might happen in this season and this time. We, we, we have uh, all these different movies even, right? That capture miracles that might happen, whether it's, whether it's, provision, surprising provision, or, or relationships that, that reconcile, or romance that blooms. Hallmark depends on you. I can't, I can't, I just can't watch Hallmark movies. But for some of you, it's a blessing. It just blesses your soul. As you see that turn in that movie where that, that, that crisis and that conflict comes and they're never going to get together or uh, whatever happens. And then all of a sudden there's this twist. And, of course, there's snow kind of uh, coming down at the moment. And they, this couple reconciles or they find each other and they end up together. And it's miraculous, right? Lord, have mercy. But, but there's this sense of wonder in this time. And, and maybe you've personally experienced these kinds of miracles of provision, surprising provision. Where reconciliation and relationships that have been estranged or broken happen. There is a sense of wonder that uniquely happens in this time. And it's not arbitrary. It's because... It's because of the original miracle that happened 2,000 years ago. There's a significant thing that happened in the life of a young lady, 16-year-old woman, and a young man who gave birth to a child that wasn't just a child. And this boy would become a man and would change the world. There's a sense of the miraculous now. And the question, as we encounter that in the story, as Mary encountered that, as we're going to see, how do we respond? How do we respond to God's glory, his grace? It's surrender. If you haven't turned there, go ahead and do so. Chapter 1, Luke 26 through 38. 
In the sixth month, whoa, hey, we're coming through here. Hold on. All right. Wow. There we go. I'm hot. Not in that way, but you know what I'm saying. Here we go. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. And you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of God, the son of the most high, excuse me. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Let's pray as we receive God's word. Holy Spirit, we ask for your, for your help. As we, as we hear this recounting of events 2,000 years ago. Men's, events that... that, that It puzzled Mary even at the time and puzzled us even today of how could this even be possible? And yet it happened. Spirit, help us to see God, your power and your glory and your goodness towards us. And let us respond like Mary to this familiar story. Let let it not be lost on us. The familiarity of hearing this over and over and over again. That it's real. It's true. It's history. It's our story of you breaking in. Of you entering into history for us. Jesus, we pray, open our hearts that we can respond like Mary. In your name we pray. Amen. As we jump into this passage here, we're already, if you will, kind of in the second episode of uh, the birth narrative uh, of Jesus here at the beginning of Luke. And some context here, Pastor Jose brought some context last week. But the kind of time that we're in for uh, the the Jews, the Israelites, the, the, the nation of Israel at this time is a time of tension, a time of rising expectation. Now, you know in movies how they use music to create tension, right? 
And, and suddenly, some of you really pay attention to that. Others were not really aware of that. But all of a sudden, you maybe could just kind of feel it in your body. Like the music has shifted and you start feeling like it, it's something's about to happen. It was kind of like that. God had changed the music and, and, and tuned it and there was a tension rising. Revolutions were happening in the people of Israel. We want to return to our own independence. We want freedom. A hundred years before the time of Jesus, a revolt had already happened called the Maccabean Revolt. People sought, the people of, Jew, uh, of Israel sought their freedom and independence, won it back from Greece, only to have it taken again by Rome. Out of this movement, there's a growing group of people called the Zealots, passionate about the freedom of the Jewish people. They grew in, in, in number and, and in the sense of tension that we are going to get our nation back. And it was going to be by force and by violence. Revolution. Also in this time, combined with that, was, was a growing number of people coming out, claiming they were a Messiah. This word Messiah is the same word as Christ in your Bible translations. The word Messiah means the anointed one. You see, uh, uh, hundreds of years prior, 500, 700, 1,000 years prior, there was, there was words from God saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come. I'm going to send a leader. I'm going to send and bring about liberation. And there was this palpable feeling among the people that it was coming. And so people started claiming, I'm the Messiah, only to be killed and stay dead. To be proven that they weren't that leader. But there was a growing sense. The Messiah is coming. The anointed one. The one who will lead us to freedom. Into that moment. We have this scene with Mary. And God meeting with her. Through the angel Gabriel. Verse 26, verse 26 and 27, when the sixth month, the sixth month speaking to Elizabeth. So that's in episode one last week, her cousin, Mary's cousin, Elizabeth, who had never had children. Her womb was open to be able to have a child through natural means. So in the sixth month of that conception, the angel Gabriel went to a, a town called Nazareth. In Galilee, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph. This is so important here. Context. This angel came to a young lady. We know she was about 16. And she was a virgin. She never experienced any sexual intimacy. She was, she was committed in relationship, had fidelity to her Fiance, Joseph. So what is about to happen in the news we're about to hear is going to sh- it's supposed to shock us as well as Mary. The angel says this, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. She was greatly troubled at this saying and, and tried to discern What sort of greeting this might be? And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor 
with God. In the Old Testament, we see, in the Old Testament, it's the first part of the Bible, these encounters with angels. These are messengers of God. These are kind of extensions of God's presence, if you will. And when you, whenever a person came in contact with this messenger from God, they recognized, I'm in the presence of God. And I'm a broken person. And if I'm in the presence of God, I, I, my life may be taken from me. Because I am not worthy. And so there was a sense of dread and of fear whenever there was this encounter with the messenger of God. Now, this was not also very common. These were very rare experiences. And Mary, what do we see here? She's troubled. She doesn't know what's happening. She doesn't know what's going on. And and, and she doesn't hear the words. She just has the experience. Holy cow, this is a messenger of God. I'm about to die. She's troubled. She doesn't know what's happening. You know how that is where you're in a relationship and you don't hear a thing that the word, the words that the person says, you just have an experience with them. And they may have actually said good things, but you have this reaction. You didn't hear what they said. You just react to what's going on. Have you ever had that happen? Okay, you've all had that happen. It happens in all our relationships, right? This was a good thing. The angel, initial, his initial greeting, greetings, O favored one, the Lord's with you. He repeats this. Do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. This is really significant. Of course, there's there's an enormous amount uh, of baggage around the person Mary. Things that are read into uh, 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 the history and God's word and the truth that are just not there and not true at all. These words, greetings, O favored one, are not because of anything special about Mary. They imply something special about God. That's what we can't miss here. You see, God in his kindness, in his love, in his grace is what we call it, undeserved favor. He chose Mary. He chose Mary for the task of bearing Jesus, God's son, and bearing the burden that would come with that. He chose her out of his goodness. What gets flipped around is somehow this this points to somehow Mary's goodness. And and these false teachings uh, around Mary's perfection or or perpetual virginity or or all these things that are just, they're just false and lies that we're trying to read into Scripture. There's nothing special about Mary, but there's something really special about our God, amen? And it's a reminder of God's relationship with us. God chooses sinful and broken people to accomplish his purposes. Mary needed to be saved by the very one she would give birth to. And she'll explain that and state that in next week's passage. O favored one. You have found favor with God. God, in his goodness, in his love, has chosen you. This says something about God. Now he goes on here with this this good news of great blessing, but great burden. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. You shall call his name. Jesus. It was important, the context. We were told she's a virgin. 
It's impossible for her to be pregnant. God is going to cause the impossible to happen in her. Now, this this has been a point of intellectual contention and and maybe even hang-ups for for many people. How, how How can this be possible? Oftentimes, the assumption, though, right off the bat, is that miracles don't happen, and so, therefore, this can't be true, and it's a fairy tale. And if we begin with the assumption that miracles can't happen, then we're already biased, and we cannot receive and take the evidence and examine it for what it is. And I would just ask you, if, you, if the miraculous is a hang-up for you, just start with the historical facts of the existence of Jesus of Nazareth to begin with. And then we'll work backward towards uncovering and unpacking that the miracle is likely, probably, true. You will have a son. Behold, you will conceive in your womb. You can imagine Mary, she hears these words, and and her question's going to reflect this as well. She's just processing, and and she's already blown away. And she's already begun to wrestle, too, with, wow, that's amazing, and oh, Lord, I'm a virgin, and I'm engaged, and I'm pregnant. In no circles does that go well. You know what I'm saying? And even then, in those social circumstances, there were consequences that included being stoned to death. You can imagine Mary processing this. And the angel goes on here. Behold, you will conceive in your womb, bear a son. You shall call his name Jesus. This name Jesus isn't just some arbitrary name that God happened to pull out of uh, you know his pocketbook, he was just randomly went through the list of names and and uh, and said, "Oh, Jesus, you know, we're going to pull some some names out of the hat." Je- no, the name Jesus means the Lord saves. It's Hebrew. It comes it, it, in the Old Testament. The word, the name Joshua, was the same name, Yeshua. The first part of that means Yahweh. The second part is. Salvation saves. The Lord saves. It's not arbitrary that Jesus is named Jesus. The Son of God is named the Lord saves because he is our salvation. And what's ironic here, and not so ironic at the same time, is that God foretold this Years, hundreds of years before this would happen. Isaiah 7.14. If you like to do a little bit of research, there was a prophecy. These prophecies are, are things that, that, that were in the past that were, that were foretelling future events to come. Isaiah 7.14. The Lord himself will give us a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And you shall call his name Emmanuel. That word Emmanuel means God with us 700 years prior to this encounter with mary we have this this foretelling of these events and there's so many more which verify the miraculous here 
So he goes on and, 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 and unpacking. He shall be called Jesus. He will be great. They're called the son of the most high. Meaning the son of God himself. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. In his kingdom, of his kingdom, there will be no end. Again, in the Old Testament, there's echoes. As, as Pastor Jose talked about, there's echoes that the Jewish people would hear in this, wait, 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 we heard this language of, of, of a king coming and sitting on the throne forever and ever. That goes back to what God told David. This man, David, that he chose. A thousand years ago, he said this to David, and your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. 400 years later, another prophecy would come. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse. Jesse is David's father. And a branch from his roots that shall bear fruit. And there are many more prophecies that that I could go into here. Again, there's so much happening. That all begins to align at the time and the birth of Jesus suggests that this is more than just a fairy tale, that this is fact. Mary is beginning to process all of this. Now, considering Mary's response and our response, we can get lost in the familiarity of this. And we've heard this before. If you've been in the church over and over again, but it can't. We don't want to lose sight of the awe of God who has no physical being. God who created all things. God who deserves our worship was conceived into this space and was these, were these little cells that were life and DNA that had all the sequencing of of everything that would shape his eyes and his hair color and his body. And God became bound by our human process. That's no small thing. And the fact that it's a miracle. Yeah, we should fall to our knees in awe and worship. And so Mary, she's trying to make sense of this. This is new news to her. It may be familiar stuff to us, but it's brand new news to her. And she's, her response, I mean, many of us would probably have the same, same question or, or other questions. How will this be since I'm a virgin? Now, in the previous episode, we saw uh, the man named Zechariah in verse 16 saying, how shall I know this? These episodes are intended to be compared because Mary's response is very different than Zechariah. Zechariah is asking like, there's no way this can happen. Trust me. I've been trying for a long time with no results. And my wife is barren. And with Jane and I's uh, journey of infertility, I can relate. This ain't going to happen. Show me a sign. Give me some other evidence other than the fact that an angel is before him and talking to him. He doubted. 
Mary's is, let me get this straight. I'm a virgin, never been with a man. I'm going to have a baby inside me, and it's going to be God. Can you, can you give me a little bit more information about that? Can you, can you help me understand that? Just, just I'm not sure, I'm not sure I, quite, I quite get it. I trust you, but I just don't, it doesn't quite resonate with me here. I, I just need a little bit more information, if you will. And so the angel goes along here. He answers her, the Holy Spirit will come on you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Behold, your your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son and is in the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing is impossible with God. The angel lays out to her, this is how it's going to happen. It is going to be a miracle. It's not human. It's going to be something God does. God's going to create this life in you. The Holy Spirit coming upon you is the language that was used in the Old Testament of when God does the impossible. When God works and bends the laws and rules of physics in our world to accomplish his purposes. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you means that it will be protected and secure. It will be accomplished. And then he goes on to give a resume. Here's, here's evidence of this. Your cousin's pregnant. She's like crazy old. She's never had a child. And she's pregnant. If she's pregnant, imagine what God can do to you. For nothing is or will be impossible with God. This passage, first and foremost, is to communicate to us who our God is. And too often we reduce him and put him into a box and make God a lot like us when he's the one who makes the rules, but we like to put our rules on him. Nothing is impossible with God. Mary shows us how do we respond to this glory, his goodness, that God would step towards us, that God would become a human being. That's unheard of, not out of love. There were all these, these, these uh, 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 myths, you know, with the Greek gods, the Roman gods, and, and when there were, whenever there was a divine interaction with humanity, it was for selfish, exploitative purposes, not, not, not in some way to serve. There's this kind of humiliation. Never, never in any kind of literature. This is something radical. And Mary, here's her response. Behold, I'm the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Mary's response here, behold, the angel used this word twice. This word is a really interesting word and tells us here, Mary's not merely saying, okay, fine. Do whatever you're going to do. Just get it over with. It's not, it's not this like, you're going to have your way. Oh God, I don't know how we're going to get through this. Man, the shame, the potential death here. I don't know. 
It wasn't a mere, I'm resigned because you told me to do it, God. It's this sense of, 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 of a mission being laid out before a group of people and, 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 this, and this question of who's going to rise up? Who's going to step forward to go on this crazy mission, this scary, death-defying mission? And it's a step of stepping forward. Let me. I will go. When she says, behold, she's saying, listen up. Look here. This is a statement of, of, of confidence. Look here. Listen up. I am the servant of the Lord. It's an exclamation point where she steps forward. I am your servant, O God. The word actually is even, even stronger than that. It means slave. I am a slave to the Lord. I submit myself to you. I am your servant. It's the language of one who bows their knee before royalty. It is my honor to fulfill your purposes. Let it be to me as you have said. This isn't something that Mary has just merely glossed over and, 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 and with, with some kind of a romantic perspective has just jumped headlong into. She's weighed the cost. She understands what's being expected of her and, and, and what might happen to her. She knows exactly what she's getting into, but she knows who gave her the charge. God is chosen to behold his power and show his glory and his grace to choose her to bear the king of kings. And she says, I receive it. Let's go. Mary models for us how we respond to our king. In his demonstration of his power, and his glory of God coming to us. God showing all of his power in, 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 again, the infinite becoming finite in order to serve us. She models for us surrender. Our response shouldn't be just the warming of our hearts of, wow, this feels good, or an inspiration. Surrender. I am your servant, O Lord. You are the king. I want you to be my king. Surrender. You see, just as Jesus was born in Mary, he seeks, he seeks to be born and to live in you. All right, so it's a little different. Men, you're not going to have, you're not going to start to get bigger over a couple months here. It's not going to happen. But as Paul explains, the work of Christ and his coming and his freedom is not political and national freedom as the Jews hoped. It was freedom from ourselves. 
You see, Paul explains, Christ in you is the hope of glory. Christ in you. You see, Jesus wants to be born. He wants to give new life to you and me. He's come and he's given us every evidence that we need with his life, his resurrection, his sacrificial death for us. We have more than enough evidence to know that he's not merely a liar or some crazy guy, but he is our king and he deserves our surrender. Now, maybe this be, may be for your first time, but where are you at with Jesus? Have you let him live in you and be king in you? Have you invited that space? We're not talking religion because religion is empty and meaningless and religion's all about you trying to make yourself good enough for God and you can't be, you never will be. That's why we need Jesus in us. He changes us. Where are you at with Jesus? Have you surrendered for the first time? It's a beginning point, but it's it's a lifestyle as well where we continue to bow before him. Where we, where we lay down our lives before him, and it's in, in, in practical ways. And every day, in the decisions that we make, are we saying, God, this is what I'm going to do, bless it. We're just trying to communicate to God and let him know who's, who's boss. Making plans, making decisions. What about with our finances? What about with your parenting? How about with your relationships with others? How you're navigating that, that conflict or how others have hurt you and harmed you, and you're choosing, yeah, I'm going to punish them. Instead of saying, Lord, I surrender, you died for me and you died for them. Like you've forgiven me, I won't forgive them. I surrender. You are king, your way, not my way. How about with your own brokenness and your inability to change yourself? Have you surrendered? Or you keep trying to change yourself and you keep ended up going in a merry-go-round, seeing the same thing over and over because you still want control. I surrender. I am your slave. Let it be to me according to your word. I am your slave. Do the work in me. Jesus, I need you in me. King of my heart. If it's not for the first time, if you've already started that journey, where are there other areas in your life you're holding on? He wants to set you free. There was a, um, I'll go back. I mentioned being, being gone last week. And uh, when we were in the, in, the, in the worship service, and it's so good for me to be, to receive from other preachers and, and to sit down and be on the other side so I can know how much suffering you go through. And, uh, and I was sitting there just meditating on what is it that, that Jesus, how did he earn our our sense of respect and honor. And God gave me that image. Uh, we've got a dog named Nacho. He's a corgi, cutest dog ever. And, and a lot of people, uh, er, you know, in society even, we try to earn authority by, by, by demonstrations of power and, and intimidation or uh, uh, authority, if you will. And, 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 and with Nacho, in order to demonstrate that 
I am dad and he is not. There have been times I have to get firm with him and have position my body in a way where I am on him and I'm over top of him and I am alpha male, he's not. And we stare each other down and I'm over top of him and I'm asserting myself that I am alpha and I'm the one who makes the rules and he doesn't. And he bares his teeth and, and he growls and he's on his back and, 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 and it gets to the point where eventually he breaks and then he licks my nose and he, we're, we're all reconciled and everything's made right that, 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 yes, daddy, I recognize you, I honor you, you lead me, lead me, daddy. God doesn't do that with us. He didn't come. He doesn't assert himself over us with power and with dominance to demonstrate, you will obey me. He demonstrated his power by getting under us and taking hell for us and serving us and being broken for us, for our sin. God, who deserves that we worship and serve him, he humbled himself to us. He earns our respect, not by raising himself up in power, but raising himself on the cross. By humbling himself to become a baby, fragile and vulnerable, to go through every human experience like you and I have, suffering, yet overcoming sin. Isn't that amazing? How he comes and earns our respect and honor with sacrifice, with love. Isn't that worth surrendering to? Can't we trust a king like that? The virgin birth shows us God is powerful. He's glorious in his abilities. And that he would direct it towards us as his grace, his undeserved love. When we get it, his greatness and his goodness, the only right response is, I am your servant. Have your way. To close out, our worship team has planned a song, but, but I've got another song was put on my heart, and, 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 and so I'm going to change things, brother. We're going to make a shift here. There's a hymn called Have Thine Own Way. I'm going to walk through here. This woman, Adelaide Pollard, she wrote this song. Um, like the Omots, she, was, she had a desire to go to Africa to be in mission, and God never opened that door. It was a big, big passion and burden of her heart, and she felt... She was called, she wanted to go to Africa, and the doors never opened. And her heart was broken, like, Lord Jesus, why am I not getting my way? You know, I made my plans, and I said, bless them, Lord. Like many of us do, right? Why aren't you following my way, Jesus? Something's wrong in this world and universe. And in a prayer meeting, she heard the prayer of of one of these other uh, older women in the church, and it's so wonderful to have our older people pray and to be in that presence because there's so much depth and maturity there. And she prayed like Jesus prayed, 
your, your will be done, not mine. And, and, and Adelaide was convicted in her life and how she'd been approaching God and her ambitions and desires. And, and she wrote this song, Have That Own Way. She went that home that night and, it just, and she started writing it. I'm going to read the words here and then I'll invite us to sing it together. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Thou art the potter, I am the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will. While I am waiting, yielded and still. Go to the next slide. Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Hold o'er my being absolute sway. Fill with thy spirit till all shall see Christ only, always living in me. Is that not good words? Let's, uh, let's try our best. Let's sing this. We'll go back to the first slide there. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Thou art the potter. I am the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will. While I am waiting, yielded and still, have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way, hold o'er my being, absolute sway, fill with thy spirit, Till all shall see Christ only always living in me. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, I ask that you, you meet us right now in, in, in searching our hearts. Lord, if we have, if we have never surrendered, I pray that you would help us see that and, and open our hearts now to, to come and surrender for the first time. Not a religion, but a relationship with you, our need for you. Christ in me. And Lord, for those of us where, where we have surrendered Jesus, we, I pray that you would show us those areas of our lives where we continue to try to be king. These areas of our lives that need to go to the cross and be crucified where we try to control lord where we want our way not your way lord mold us and make us lord we want to be broken over you so that you shine so that you show through us meet us now lord god break us lord god that we might be free lord god you are so good that you would come to us god with us born in a virgin, to die on the cross for our sins. Thank you. In your name we pray. Amen.